Today, we're talking about the Florida Gators return game. We'll talk about Anthony DeRuji's NBA hopes, and we'll wrap up with the second and final part of our interview with Florida Gators defensive lineman, Princely Uman Mielin, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free where you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E and I-N-E Sports. Before getting into today's content, just going to ask you to like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, let me know how I can make the show better. And I'm also going to say... Um, Probably going to be quite a few cuts in this episode. Allergies are demolishing me. We're cat sitting. I'm allergic. So that's dope. Uh, but we're going to get into today's content. We're talking about the Florida Gators football team and their return game. And when you talk about a kick return game or punt return game, there are generally two schools of thoughts there. It's when you decide who your returner is. It's a home run hitter. Um, a lot of guys can think of a home run hitter like like Devin Hester. Um like Cordero Patterson, the guys were, they, they have those records for, for kick return touchdowns and punt return touchdowns. And there's also possession guys like in the NFL, oftentimes teams will put their safeties. Like the jets did that a lot with uh, Jim Leonard, who's currently the, D- the DC at Wisconsin. They put him back there when they needed a safe returner. The Gators did that with Xavier Henderson. I don't know if they thought he'd be this home run hitter, but he clearly wasn't. And I don't know why you would have expected, why you would have expected that from him last season, but Xavier Henderson's that possession receiver. And I think the Florida Gators this season, at least, are going to be looking more for that home run hitter type. And and the reasoning for that is because head coach Billy Napier, when he came to Gainesville, he hired Chris Couch to be the game changer coordinator. There's no special teams coordinator. Chris Couch is the game changer coordinator, and he is pretty much in charge of special. He's, he's pretty much the special teams coordinator. He's just called the game changer coordinator instead. And... I, I don't know about you guys, if you think about this the same way I think about it, but when I think of a game changer, because obviously that's pretty much what we're calling special teams at this point, game changers, um, I don't think of a possession type. I, I don't think Xavier Henderson or Justin Shorter, obviously not Justin Shorter, he was never even an option, but you know, I don't I don't think of that type. I think of, I think of the speed demon. So we'll, we'll look at who it might be, and I'm going to look at Xavier Henderson first. I'm going to give him his credit, give him his due. He was a punt returner last year. He was the, a, a rare or occasional kick returner last year, whichever term you prefer to use. Um, but again, like we're talking about dynamic playmaking ability in the return game, that Dante Hall style. And Xavier Henderson just isn't that guy. I think he's a phenomenal wide receiver. I don't think he's a special teams player in the terms of being a return man. Maybe you can more likely use him as a gunner or something like that. But as a return man, he's he's just not, he, that's not his forte. That's not what he's good. And that's fine. You don't have to be good at that. No one cares. That, that's not something you need to be good at as a receiver. But he doesn't have that dynamic speed you're looking for in a home run hitter, which is, again, what I think the Florida Gators will be looking at when they look for their returner in this coming season. I will talk about someone who we've talked about quite a bit as a receiver. Um, We've gone through a few different roles he could play this season. We we didn't talk about him at all last year. It is Fenley Graham Jr., someone that I'm really, really buying in on. He's a defensive back turned wide receiver because he wasn't getting run at DB. 
didn't seem like he was going to get run on DB. So he's like, you know what? I'm explosive. I'm dynamic. Let me get on the offensive side of the ball. And, and he fought for it. And he did get on the offensive side of the ball. So he's playing receiver now. In high school, he was an electrifying kick returner in high school. Again, that's very different from the from college football. But still, you, he's got experience as a returner. And we know he'd be explosive as a returner. He could probably work as both the kick and punt returner this season. And one of the reasons that I really like talking about Fenley Graham as that guy who could be our, our kick returner, could be our punt returner, is that, like I mentioned, he, he's going from DB to wide receiver. That means he's he's learning how to play wide receiver. And we've spoken about him before in that, that gadget role where we go, you know what? He's learning how to play receiver. Get the ball in his hands in creative ways. Run jet sweeps, end the rounds, all these, all these funky things to get him the ball. Why not add add to that? You know, we want to get him the ball, but he's not great as a route runner. Let's just get him the ball in different ways. Make him your return man. Maybe he maybe he scores every now and then. Maybe he just flips the field. Maybe he makes those big plays. But Fenley Graham, I, I am personally, I'll say this also, I'm personally a fan of using a kick returner or punt returner that isn't a full-time starter on your offense or defense. I, I think that's great because... You know, you don't want them to be gassed if they just if they just play defense and now they have to be a punt returner. They might be gassed as a returner and they're not going to have as good a return. If you if you play offense and you're about to come on the field after you return, you might be gassed a little bit from your return and you might not play as well on offense. So I'm a big fan of having a rotational player as your returner or a complete depth player as your returner. And Fenley Graham's kind kind of brought here as a return man. Like that was his big selling point in high school. He wasn't this phenomenal recruit. He was he was a a home run hitter as a return man. So let him just do that. That that's Fenley Graham is who I want. But if it's not Fenley Graham, I do have a backup option to talk about. And it is Lorenzo Lingard. He's got the speed. He's got the creativity as a ball carrier. And he's going to be working in a running back committee. So that's the same thing with Fenley Graham, where I say, you know, Lorenzo Lingard's going to play on this offense. I have no doubts about that. But he's not going to get those 12 touches, those 15 touches a game that running backs want. Why not let him get some touches on special teams? Maybe make a big play there. Maybe earn his way. Maybe he can make a play on special teams. And it's like, well, you know, maybe we should give this guy some more run on offense as a pass catching back. Get him in space. So Lorenzo Lingard's that kind of guy because there are a lot of mouths to feed in the backfield. I, I know we have like nine running backs on the roster, realistically. Four are probably going to get consistent carries throughout the season. Three or four throughout the season. Lorenzo Lingard is going to be one of those guys. But again, you want to get the ball to your playmakers in any way possible. If that's on special teams, and if you're going, you know what? We need to be big on special teams. That's us. We are game changers. We need a game changer here. You're looking at home run hitters. That's that's Fenley Graham personified. That is Fenley Graham. And even, uh, what was it, last week? I think it was, maybe last Thursday, I compared Fenley Graham to Jamal Agnew, who was with the Detroit Lions and is now with the Jacksonville Jaguars, coming out of San Diego State. He was a corner and a return man. And I said, Jamal Agnew switched to offense, and he was still a phenomenal returner. He switched to offense to move to receiver. That's what Fenley Graham's doing. He's a returner and a DB that is moving to offense. Just let him take the Jamal Agnew route. Just get him the ball. Let him figure things out and let him be the game changer that the Florida Gators are looking for on this special teams unit. Because, you know, we've talked about the offense extensively. We've talked about the defense extensively. We have not talked about the special teams unit extensively. And we're going to get more into special teams too. But when we look at the return game, I think Fenley Graham Jr. or Lorenzo Lingard are your best guys. Maybe instead of Lorenzo Lingard, you put Demarcus Bowman, another very fast, very creative runner. And maybe you think, you know, Lorenzo Lingard's going to play more on offense. We'll give Demarcus Bowman those special teams touches. I'm cool with it. But 
I think the Florida Gators go a home run hitter. And again, I, I'm fine if you want to do a possession receiver. I disagree with it, but I, I think that the Florida Gators are going for a home run hitter because I don't think you call that a game-changer coordinator if you're not looking for some big plays on special teams. And we're going to talk about Anthony DeRuji flipping the basketball for a little bit and him declaring for the NBA draft. But first, I'm going to talk to you guys about Bill Barr because it is spring break time we are a i mean you can tell it's spring my allergies are demolishing me right now i feel like i'm like the dude from like the puffs the tissues commercials um but i'm, I'm trying to get in shape because again i got vacation in just a couple of months oh my gosh i'm not in shape at all but i gotta get in shape i'm eating built bar to do it because you guys know i have a sweet tooth but built bar coated in 100 chocolate 130 calories just four net carbs, which to me is the most important thing besides taste, along with 17 grams of protein. Throughout the hidden stashes, the Reese's in the Jest drawer, the Kit Kat in the cupboard, the Skittles wherever, I don't care, and get Built Bar. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order with Built or BuiltBar.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Now we're going to talk about Anthony DeRuji. We talked quite a bit this season and this past month about men's basketball and all the changes that are going on, and we've added another change. Anthony DeRuji, the starting forward for the Florida Gators, has announced that he will declare for the NBA draft. He has announced that he will hire an agent and declare for the NBA draft. But before we even get into the logistics of him playing professional basketball, I want to talk about something because, yes, he said he said he's forfeiting his NCAA eligibility. Um, I don't think that's true. because Unless he's just saying, you know what, I'm done in college no matter what. Because we saw Colin Castleton last season enter the NBA draft. He did not hire an agent, so he was allowed to come back when he saw the evaluation was not as favorable as he was hoping it would be in the NBA. Anthony DeRuji has said that he's hiring a decla- uh, he's hiring an agent and forfeiting his eligibility. I don't think that's the case anymore because with NIL, now as long as your agent is NCAA certified or you're allowed to or licensed to work at NCAA certified or with the school that you choose to go to should you come back to college, you still have your eligibility. It used to be if you hired an agent, you lost eligibility. That's how it was with Scotty Lewis last year and Trey Mann last year. They said, I'm hiring an agent, and we immediately knew they were not coming back. Colin Castleton, he said, I'm not hiring an agent. I might come back. But Anthony DeRuji has said that he's forfeiting his NCAA eligibility. I don't think that happens. But I do think uh, if he does decide to come back to college, it will not be in Gainesville. I don't think. I think Anthony DeRuji, yes, is is done going uh, playing for the Florida Gators. I, I love him. I just don't think that he's coming back here. Um, if he does, I think he'll probably go the transfer portal route. But Anthony DeRuji, looking at looking at him as a pro prospect, uh, trying to do this completely unbiased. I do love Anthony DeRuji. I love Colin Castleton. I think I did an unbiased job there. I'm going to try to do the same thing with Anthony DeRuji, but. Anthony DeRuji, when you watch him play, the number one thing that you can just see with him, he is a phenomenal hustle player. And I realize a lot of people think hustle player means bad. Nah, 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 nah. Hustle player just means you're that glue guy. You, you are the guy where you are you got no problem making the dirty plays. If you can't tell, I'm bad at basketball. I am a hustle player. I'm, I'm bad, though. Like I, I understand I'm bad. I'm a hustle player, and I am bad. I, I fit perfectly in that little stereotype there. Anthony DeRuji does not. He's, he's still a solid basketball player. He shot one of the highest percentages from three on the team. He was the third highest percentage from three, shot 
33.8% to be exact, um, which I get it. That's not phenomenal, but it, it's respectable, I'll say. So yes, he can he can shoot the three. The huge majority, I believe it was 80, 81.8% of his three-pointers made were assisted on. So he is solid with catch and shoot threes. And I know I talk about around the room twos and catch and shoot threes, uh, but the NBA is becoming increasingly analytics-based. So that matters. So you can make those catch and shoot threes and not just shots you have to create for yourself. Anthony DeRuji is also very talented around the rim, whether it's whether it's a layup or whether it's the dunk. He's not great at the post game. He's not. But here's the thing that a lot of people also don't realize, um, because we think of Anthony DeRuji, we think of our R four. He, he's our power forward. He's our guy with Colin Castleton. Anthony DeRuji though is only six foot seven. He's not a big dude. He's he's the size of some guards. Like like he's a small forward size, average, but he plays like a power forward or a center. Um, he is good around the rim. He is a solid three-point shooter. He He's solid from mid-range. I'll give him that credit. There are very few people that are good from mid-range. Anthony DeRuji? Anthony DeRuji is one of those guys. He is someone who is solid from mid-range, albeit it's a relatively um, non-existent shot anymore. It's not People don't draw up mid-range jumpers, again, unless you're Chris Paul, unless you're DeMar DeRozan, unless you're one of those guys who you excel from mid-range. Anthony DeRuji is solid defensively. But he's better in the paint than he is on the perimeter, and that's a negative. He is an okay rebounder, which is kind of weird to say. It's like I've said, he, he, you know, he's a small forward size, but he's been our power forward, our center. He plays the, that's obviously when center when Kyle Kelson's not in, but he he plays that four or five role. But he's six foot seven. He, he he's he's PJ Tucker at this point, really. When we talk about him, he's just athletic PJ Tucker. He's young PJ Tucker. Um, he contributes very very little as a ball handler or as a passer. He's not a playmaker, which again, in the modern NBA, you don't have to be, you know, you, you don't have to be Jokic. <laughs> you don't have to be Nikola Jokic, but you've got to be able to do a little something, something. You don't have to be able to drive. You don't have to be able to create shots, but you've got to be able to do something as a playmaker. And Anthony DeRuji is not that he's, he, he, he's, I don't even, he, he's small Rudy Gobert, I guess with it, with a moderate three point jumper. But he is someone, like I've said, who he is six foot seven. He's a small forward size. He plays bigger than that size. And I think that's a negative in his case. Um, you know, you look at the NBA, and I've said it's increasingly becoming analytics based. It's increasingly becoming spacing the floor, get to the paint, kick it out, catch and shoot threes. That, that's, that's a fact. That's not even a, a debate. You could look at the charts all you want from Jordan's NBA to today's NBA, the mid range in Jordan's era was just lit up red as a hot zone. Now, no one really uses it. Um, But he's six foot seven. He plays larger than that, and that's a negative because the NBA becoming increasingly analytics-based, becoming increasingly smaller, too. There are a lot of players who are 6'10", and it's like, well, he's the tallest guy on our court most of the time. He's that guy. And Anthony DeRuji is 6'7". He plays like a power forward or a small center. And I think if you have him in a small ball lineup like the Wizards... I mean, the Warriors love to do their little small ball thing. I think that's great, you know, because the Warriors specifically, I'll, I'll use them as an example. When the Warriors play a team that doesn't use a center, because the Warriors typically start out with Kevon Looney at center. When the Warriors play without Kevon Looney or play a team without a center, Kevon Looney does not play much. He doesn't. He, he's that guy where he's only going to play if there's a big man on the court opposite him because the Warriors are going to match your size. 
Anthony DeRuge is the opposite of that. If there's a big man on the court, he's probably not going to play much because he's going to be your stretch four or your stretch five in a very small ball lineup. Because yes, he's six seven. He plays larger than six seven. I will give him the credit for that. But he's six seven, so he's going to be there only if you're playing another team that goes small ball. And if you go small ball, I, I, I my point, I realize I'm, I'm circling here. He's only going to play a specific role. In football, it's different to draft a guy that's only going to play in nickel. It's different to draft a guy that's only going to play when you go five wide. It's different to do that. But in the NBA, they're not going to spend a draft pick on a guy who's going to play sporadically. Or it's like the NBA, they don't draft players going, we want you for three minutes a game or whatever it's going to be, where we have that super, super small ball lineup, unless it's a team that's just going all in on being a small ball team but there's not really a team like that i think the warriors are the closest and i think sure if he goes to the warriors he'd be able to contribute but even when they go small ball they have draymond green out there so and when they go bigger than that they have auto porters so what are you gonna do now like that that's what i'm saying there's not many roles for anthony deruji available i think there's a better chance that anthony deruji goes overseas as opposed to getting into the nba or going to college or coming back to any college. Um, but I, I would love to see him in Gainesville if he'd come back. I don't think he will, but I would love to see him in Gainesville should he come back. I would love to see him succeed in the NBA. Um, I just, again, realistically, I don't think it happens as much as I love him. And now we're going to get into the final part of our Princely Uman Mialin interview. But first, I'm going to talk to you guys about Rock Auto because today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions of if your Odyssey is an LX or an EX? I don't know, dog. I didn't even know it was an Odyssey. And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. When you can do that yourself, whether it's from your phone or whether it's from your com- or whether it's from your computer at home, you have access to Rock Auto. Dot com. It's so easy. You can save time and money with rockauto.com. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know exactly who sent you. With amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com. We're going to shift gears a little bit to get let, let the listeners know more about Princely. Uh, what have some of your favorite moments been since you got to Gainesville, on field or off? Uh, I would say first off the field. Oh, well, dang, it's not even in Gainesville. I don't really have too many exciting moments <laughs> off the field in Gainesville. But uh, since I've been to Florida, I had took a trip to uh, Universal. That was pretty fun. Uh, on the field, I would say when we – on the field, I would say my freshman year when we beat Georgia. Oh, no, I'm, I'm lying. My Actually, my freshman year when I got my first sack. Oh, yeah, and I was versus Georgia, so, yeah. <laughs> so so that freshman Georgia game is just, just positive vibes for you there. Yeah, um, yeah. And now I, I know that you're someone who – you you've you've got a few tattoos and I, I know about that uh do you have a favorite one right now a favorite uh i would say either the one on my arm that says sacrifice or the one on my leg it's a picture of 
it's a picture of I Africa. That <laughs> that's my favorite tattoo of yours that uh, that I saw on Instagram. The sacrifice one. The the yeah. one on your leg. Oh, you seen that before? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw. I, I you know interview prep. We got to go through these things. <laughs> so I saw that. That is my favorite. I, I'll let you describe it for the listeners because I don't have yeah. a picture of the post, but you can go ahead and describe it for them. Yeah, it's a picture of uh, an outline of Africa with some like little roots on the inside, and it says, and it says proud on the ins- it's it spells proud on the inside of the outline of Africa, and the O, the O instead of a, they replaced the O with a uh, a fist like a a Black Panther fist or yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie. I was going through your interview prep, and I saw that, and I was like, if he doesn't mention that, I'm bringing that one up. <laughs> that, that is a nice tattoo. Um, what are some of your favorite things to do off the field? Off the field, um, dang, I'm not gonna lie. I really don't do much at all, like, because we have such little time off the field. Like, if we're not in meetings or workouts or just anything i'm just like we're always in meetings workouts or practice or just something for football so whenever i'm not doing that i'm really just at home chilling watching youtube videos or watching netflix and stuff like that all right um this one's an important one it will shape how a lot of people think about you uh jordan (laughs) kobe or lebron ah lebron james see i'm a little torn on that because i think jordan dominated his era in a different way than lebron but at the same time like i think lebron would demolish yeah here's the thing i just think that jordan was ahead of his time that's what i think it was like he was just he had more skill than every like because if lebron played back then like oh my god he would embarrass everyone on like but yeah i feel like jordan just had like he had this era skill and everybody was still, you know, developing back then. I feel like Jordan was ahead of his time. And then uh, the last question for you really is, what is it that makes you tick as a football player? Uh, Like what motivates me? Yes. I would say the, the, um, the, the fear of failure because I really don't, you know, like this is – my life for me like I don't have like anytime we like it it took me so long it was so hard for me to pick a major like I have like really no major interest outside of football so like yeah like this is it's all or nothing for me with football all right awesome uh thank you so much Princely make sure to catch Princely on Twitter and Instagram at D1 Princely and catch him on the field for your Florida Gators this fall appreciate it thanks again for making lockdown gators your first listen of the day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts we'll be back tomorrow with more on your florida gators now make your second listen locked on nfl draft ryan tracy and former nfl cornerback eric crocker bring the nfl draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and nfl front offices and i want you to go to their youtube channel and i want you to yell at eric crocker for not having damian pierce in his top five running backs that's blasphemous for Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.